Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. Back here on the Investor Coaching Show, Paul Winkler, Jim Wood. And during the break, we just told a story about real estate investment trusts. Uh, one of the uh, one of the advisors that works with us was telling a story about his uh, aunt and had a had a situation where she had a one of those non traded REITs and uh, got a statement in the mail saying that it was worth like sixty over sixty dollars a share. Uh, the net asset value we were just talking about. And then what happened was they said, hey, it's going to go public. Now, what, what's the first thing, folks, that comes to your mind when something is going to go public? What is going to be the value of that thing when it goes public? It's going to skyrocket, right? You're going to think it's going to take off. It's going to do great. And man, I'm really, I'm, I'm in the money, as the old song goes. Yeah, it's going to be really, really great. Well, it, uh, yeah. It, it did go public and it went down to like $8 a share. <laughs> so it wasn't really valued at $66 a share. It, yeah, it was just, um, and that's the thing is they can come up with valuations in all sorts of different accounting ways, but it's just ultimately going to be worth what people are willing to pay for it. And then, and then it jumped, jumped a little bit that day. Jumped up in, you know, and then went went to like over the twenties, and and you know what happened is then it jumped up for a very very short period of time into the forty range, and you think, oh oh oh, oh I got two thirds of my money back, I got two thirds of my money back, oh good, you know, I'm not going to lose. Well, you know, it's not going to lose everything. It was in the sixties, and now it's at forty, right? Just around, and you go, wow, okay, well, just hang on, would be your thought. Just hang on. It's going to come all the way back and I won't have lost my shirt. Then it drops about in the 20. So you end up with two thirds of your money gone in that particular instance. And you think, what just hit me? It went public. So when you hear that kind of thing, you know, something's going to go public. It's going to go, you know, and you think, wow, I'm going to, I'm going to hit it. As Jim just said, something is worth what somebody will pay you for it. Don't forget that. All right. Now, there are seven things that you don't want to own. And I was quite surprised at this, uh, Jim, you know, this particular article, because it sounds an awful lot like what we've been teaching here for quite a while. Yeah. Go ahead. Must be a wise person. Um, I actually don't have that article. Oh, so you, you're going to have to kind of run I, I with it you, and I will I thought in. you had this. Okay. I thought you had a copy of it. So number one on the list of Morningstar, active managed funds. Okay. Isn't that nice that, uh, that, and this is something I've been talking about. We did a workshop recently, which I literally went through the websites of the biggest mutual fund companies. Pick a mutual fund company, folks, any mutual fund company. Just think of the first one that comes to your mind or investment firm. And I'm going to bet that you probably are going to pick one of the companies that I covered in the workshop mm -hmm. where they actually say that this is what we do is we actively manage portfolios. Uh, yes, you would, you know, whatever you just said, <laughs> I'm guessing you're right. Uh, so I loved it. They actually said here, that is not something that you would own and you would want in your investment portfolio. And the thing is, is that what has happened in recent years, and this is something I talked about in the workshop, 
is I talked about how people have gone and now they're using indexing. But the problem is the way they're using indexing, the way the brokerage firms and the investment firms are using indexing, they're actually market timing where they're doing what's called tactical asset allocation, which is they're going right back to active management with something that was designed to be non-actively managed. And you go, what on earth gives? What are they doing here? And that would be a really good question, but I, I can't answer it. <laughs> yeah, just funny. It just made me think of I just reviewing somebody else's portfolio too. And a lot of these, whether they're target date funds or mm-hmm. the lifestyle funds mm-hmm. and just like balanced or, or something like that, mm-hmm. that are actively managed funds made up of a bunch of other actively managed funds. So you're getting it at multiple levels. You're getting the individual managers that they choose that are buying and selling and buying and selling. And then they're taking all a bunch of other funds and they're almost always all from the same company. So you're just limited in those funds to that one company's funds. And then they're shuffling those around based on, again, somebody's forecast of the future, what they think the Fed's going to do or anything like that. And Mm -hmm. none of it, of course, being backed up by any sort of academic evidence. I remember hearing commercial years ago. And I love the commercial. I thought it was really, really good. I, I, you know, I guess sometimes you have a commercial idea and then you run it for a while and then you go, okay, let's change, you know, our our marketing. But I always thought it was brilliant, and I might want to steal it one day. But it was, <laughs> but it was the idea was that you're at an awards dinner, and you're at this awards dinner, and all of a sudden, what happens is the same family keeps winning every single award. You know, the Smiths win this award, then then Smiths come up and they win this award, then they win this award, then they win this award, and you start to go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. How is it the same family keeps winning? And that is like you're talking about these mutual funds of mutual funds. You go to a fund company, they put a portfolio together, and oh my goodness, their own funds, many of them, if not all of them, are in their family of funds. And you think, could they have the best funds in all the different areas? You know, and you just kind of laugh and go, mm, well, not necessarily. It's funny you think of old commercials, and I, I don't know why, but my first first commercial I thought of when you said old commercial was, where's the beef? <laughs> <laughs> where's the beef? <laughs> or, or like the uh, or the meme that's out there with a big bad wolf is, uh, you know, paying off the Kool-Aid guy. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, have you seen that one? I have not. It's actually, it's I hilarious. I trying to visualize you got it, the, yeah. You got the three little pigs that are in the, in the brick house. And they're hiding in the brick house. Gotcha. And okay, the big yeah. bad wolf is going, you know, and, you That's know, the old, the old commercial, exactly, the old Kool-Aid commercial, he oh, smashed yeah. through walls. Yeah, he smashed <laughs> through all the walls and, you know, the, the, the big bad wolf's paying him off. Um, if you don't get that, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I'll tell what you, percentage like, going, of people are out there? What on of... earth, Paul, are you talking about now? I don't know, but I'm random and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so uh, real estate investment trust happened to be the second li- thing on the, on the list. Uh, I didn't I even- we've covered uh, that one pretty well. I think we, co- we covered that one. Sector funds is another one. Uh, so you'll have people that buy sector funds in healthcare, in technology, communications, and they think this is the next great thing. Well, if let's say communications or healthcare or whatever is going to mean the next great thing, why do you think that a company that is a healthcare company or a communications company would want to pay more to use your money than anybody else? Because that's what you're doing when you're investing. You're letting somebody use your money and you're expecting that the return will be higher. So in, in, if you think through this, you're thinking that they are going to be willing to pay me more to use my money than anybody else. 
And that isn't logical if it is going to be the next big thing that the next big thing would want to pay you more to use your money. Yeah, the next big thing is going to want to keep as much money for themselves as they possibly can. And if they are that credit worthy, they won't have to pay much to use your money is the reality. Well, well Ken French, um, academic, done his work with Nobel Prize winning yeah, heard economists. Of him. <laughs> yeah, you probably mentioned him once or twice. Gene Fama has explained this and I'll paraphrase him. Um, but essentially, if you're going to deviate from owning a market portfolio, which mm-hmm. is just owning the all the stocks and the weights you know, that they rep- are represented out in the market, if you're going to deviate from that, you have to have a good, solid, academically based reason for doing so. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, you're almost certainly likely to lower your expected return over time. You It might work out, but when you make those changes, you want to make them based on you know robust evidence, not just, oh, well, this sounds good or somebody's opinion, something like that. Well, and that's what, you know, when when Scott handed me this por- this uh, particular article, he said what he loved about it was it says seven things I don't own in my portfolio. And it says sometimes what you don't or what you leave out is just as important as what you put in. And that goes to speaks to your point that sometimes there are things that you don't put in there, but there are academically sound reasons for leaving them out. But if you're going to put something in there, there better be a good reason to put it in there. That's just kind of the other side of the same coin. Yeah, when they leave things out, it is still based on, like you said, a a solid academic reason that having that included in your portfolio lowers its its expected return. And 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 yeah, and and in in essence, here what I'm looking at is like, for example, I talked about real estate. Why do I leave real estate out of the portfolio? When I own stocks, I already own lots of real estate. I leave gold out of the portfolio. I don't want to own annuities that are annuities are not going to be my bond exposure. I've seen them sold as that. As it could be your bond exposure, that makes no sense whatsoever, because when I rebalance a portfolio, I have to sell one thing to buy something else because I need to keep everything in balance. If I'm supposed to have half my money in stocks and half my money in bonds, and all of a sudden stocks go down in value and my bond portfolio, so to speak, I've used as a proxy or as a replacement, I've used annuities and I have to sell some of that to buy the stocks to rebalance the portfolio, then I basically have a redemption cost many times. I have a barrier to getting in and getting out. And if I do the other thing where stocks are overweighted in the portfolio and I need to sell some stocks, then I pay commissions when I buy the annuity. That just makes no sense to do anything like that. So there are things that you would leave out and I could go on and on. Uh, I'm not going to use cryptocurrencies, for example, uh, in an investment portfolio. I'm not going to use, well, I'll get to the other things in a second. Uh, But alternative investments would be another thing that they mentioned in here. They're designed to be something fundamentally different from mainstream asset classes. Well, the problem that you run into is that the track record, Alt's track record, as John Reckenthaler uh, says here, is mixed at best. Uh, and you know some of the alternative fund categories, particularly system, uh, systematic trend and equity market neutral, were successful during a bear market in 2022, but you know over longer periods, generally been disappointing. Well, you think about it, if you own something like that and you got markets going up most of the time historically, you're going to own something that is really pretty disappointing most of the time. Does that make a whole heck of a lot of sense? And especially when you think about a lot of these alternatives 
that you might be getting into derivatives, uh, shorting, which is you're betting against the stock market. Well, you're, you're betting against the stock market. You're more likely to fail than succeed. We're talking about, you know, sometimes we talk about the things that you ought to own in your portfolio. Well, you probably ought to think about the stuff that you might want to leave out. And that's what this one article was talking about from Morningstar. And I just, I loved it because I, I didn't disagree with anything that the writer said that you need to leave out, which is rare. <laughs> for me to see something in the media that I go, yeah, you nailed that one. Way to go. Uh, but alternative investments, we just talked about and just saying that, you know, a lot of times what happens is people throw this thing in here and they typically throw it in there when, Jim? After alternative investments do well in the past. Exactly. So when did people start to get all excited about owning gold in the portfolio? It was in 2008, early 2009. Then all of a sudden people, oh, you got to have gold. Yeah. And I started seeing it everywhere in portfolios. And I saw commodities in portfolios. And, and, and the people on TV and the shows that I watch are telling me to buy it and how important it is and that it's an inflation hedge and the dollar's going to crash and sure. all those things that they talk about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, another thing that they had in here is I-bonds. Uh, Said, you know, this person didn't have an objection in philosophical or uh, for a philosophical uh, reason that that they didn't want to own those in there. You know, a lot of some some of these asset classes, you can only hold like ten thousand dollars worth, and you can only purchase that in I bonds per year, uh, inflation protected bonds. Uh, so that's hence why they didn't want to do it. Sometimes you'll see tips in portfolios. It's a different thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, that there was, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that because the philosophical reason really wasn't there for that particular one. And I don't own I bonds in the portfolio either. Uh, high yield bonds was the next thing that they named in the list. I always think high yield bonds because it sounds so good. It's, oh, I want, that's what I want. I want a high yield. Yes. But the other word for high yield bond, of course, is junk. Junk, <laughs> junk bonds. Uh, and then gold, finally. Thank you, yeah. Morningstar, for writing an article that basically is a complete, that's shocking. I'm just shocked. It just doesn't happen very often. <laughs> Paul Winkler. It's a landmine out there. I mean, you just have so many things that you can run into in the investing world because it is so based on selling you things that sound good, but aren't necessarily good for you. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.